0: The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647-US12-WEST in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. Well, welcome to Community Livestream for the 26th day of July, 2020, as if you need a reminder that it was 2020. Hey, before we jump right into the uh, story of the Sons of Sceva, which is found in Acts chapter 19, i have got just a few quick things for the church family. One of them is this, and I'm not trying to brag or tell you or just rub it in or anything but Francis and I are going on a little vacation today we're taking off right after church service this morning we'll be back for next Sunday but we're going to be gone through Saturday I wanted to mention that to you because Uh, If you do need anything, the elders are still available, especially Dennis Hartzell said he could be uh, very much uh, available to anybody that has a need. Uh, Stephanie will be in, uh, or is planning on being in Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Her regular day is here at the church also, but I did want you to let you you know that we are somewhat off the grid, and uh, I want to recommend to you, uh, too, as much as you can, take some breaks. Get off the grid. I know not everybody can do that. Uh, I am very blessed and very thankful that this week I get to do that. Okay, second thing I should mention, haven't mentioned offerings for a while and online giving. They were incredible through the first five months of the year, and as usual, summer has hit, and they have not been quite so incredible. So I thought I ought to give a little reminder about giving online. You can find that at the church website, uh, or giving in person if you if you drop it off here or mail it in, anything like that. And then the third thing: future plans. Now we are right now uh, scheduled to be outside today uh, down at the uh, sports complex. And, uh, and then next Sunday, the 2nd of August, uh, from their point on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal the words that the school systems keep using. Our plans are fluid, okay? So we'll figure out uh, the best way to go. So please just uh, keep in touch with the uh, church website, and, uh, and we'll, we'll get out also emails just to let you know of plans from that point on. But that's where we are. Okay, you ready? Ready? Acts chapter 19, as we move there, we have moved into missionary journey number three. Paul and his buddies are back on the other side of the Aegean Sea. They're in Asia. Uh, they are in the town of Ephesus, a monstrous town at that time. Also the home of one of seven the seven wonders of the world, the temple to the goddess Diana or Artemis, uh, depending on the Greek or Roman word that you would use there, and uh, this was uh, just a magnificent. They said it was about ten times the size of the Parthenon. Uh, big city. They said it. This was also the banking center of the world. I'm not sure exactly what that meant back then. A lot of ATMs. Exactly what was going on? I'm not. I'm not positive. But they. But very much as far as uh, financial headquarters for the world. We'll get into that a little bit more next week. But as I look at Paul's visit at Ephesus, uh, there are three stories in there that I don't want to skip at all. I just love these stories. Today's my personal favorite because I still have the mindset of a junior high boy. You'll see why as we get through here. I just think this is kind of a funny story. Probably shouldn't, but I do. So here you go. You ready? First up is in verse number 11, it says, And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them, and their evil spirits came out of them. Now, first thing, I just want to remind you, when we started into the book of Acts, we talked about the idea that uh, you have to look at it as either descriptive or prescriptive. In other words, you ever look, look at it and you say, hey, these are things that God's just telling us the story, or these are things the apostles did, and we need to copy them. That's our prescription. We follow what they did. And our conclusion, my conclusion anyway, is that some things are one and some things are the other. This, I believe, is descriptive. God tells us what happens here, but this doesn't mean that every church and every preacher should send out blessed handkerchiefs. Okay, you will notice in verse number eleven it says he was doing extraordinary miracles, miracles that are out of the ordinary. Um, I, t- I say that because back when uh, I was actually in college, there was a evangelistic team in the Pittsburgh area named Brother Dan and Sister Ann. Now, that that when. People met my wife and found out we were with Brother Dan and Sister Fran. They thought that was hilarious. I mean, just, you know, hey, <laughs> Brother Dan, you got Anyway, it was really, really irritating. But uh, this particular team uh, that proved to be total frauds, they used to do that. They used to sell handkerchiefs. We're going to bless your handkerchief, and then we're going to send it to you in the mail. And if you lay it on yourself, uh, you can get healed. Now, again, they were proven to be total frauds, uh, so there, there was nothing to it. But And I think that this is not something that every church... Now, if God particularly leads you to start saying out handkerchiefs, they're not going to go very well during COVID seasons. so I wouldn't even try it. But uh, but anyway, here you go. Verse number 12 and then to 13. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took to ev- invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the name of Jesus, whom Paul proclaims. And seven sons of the Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this. But the evil spirit, now let let me stop for just a second here. Uh, Just meeting these boys, uh, the seven sons of Sceva, they probably... And, you know, the Bible doesn't actually confirm this, but in everything I studied, they were probably from the beginning also had this fraud aspect to them in that, you know, they'd go stop at a house and they would pray over the person and the person would feel better and they'd tell them the evil spirit was gone and they were claiming they could get rid of the evil spirits. But here's what happens here. But the evil spirit answered them. So they said, get out. They said, (laughs) I love this. They said, Jesus, we know. Paul, I recognize. Who are you? And then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, mastered all of them, and overpowered them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Now, first of all, the devil right away says, hey, we know Jesus, we know Paul. See, the devils know who not to mess with, okay? You'll see that throughout the life of Christ. When Jesus came in, they did not challenge Jesus. They begged for mercy. <laughs> Send us into those pigs over there. They knew they didn't want to mess with Jesus. They didn't want any part of that. They didn't have a chance. Even Paul, who was filled with the Spirit of God and ministering, they didn't want to mess with him. But these guys are phony. They think they could take them on. Uh, so, if we are conducting our Christian lives in the energy of the flesh, can I tell you something? Okay, remember the Bible says we're to walk in the spirit, then we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. But if we are in our own energy, in our own flesh, can I tell you something? You're looking for a whooping. Okay, very plain. You know, we claim the verse that says, uh, uh, 1 John 4, 4 says that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And that is completely true and a great promise. But remember that the one in the world is tougher than we are. So if we're going to walk in our own energy, we are looking to get beat up. We're looking to get kicked around. I mean, if you come home from work someday, guys, and you walk in and you are naked and bleeding, uh, your wife doesn't have to ask you how your day was. That was just a lousy day when you come home naked and bleeding. Would you agree with me? And once again, my junior high sense of humor kicks in, but I find that incredibly amusing. Okay, are you ready? Uh, And this became known to all the residents of Ephesus, both the Jews and the Greeks, and fear fell upon all all of them, and the name of the Lord Jesus, was extolled. Also, many of those who were now believers came confessing and divulging their practices. And, boomba, And a number of those who were practiced magical arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value of them and found it to be 50,000 pieces of silver. In today's money, millions of dollars. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and it prevailed mightily okay now what we're going to look at here today and I think this is so crucial that we take uh, put ourselves kind of into the questions that we're going to look at because we're going to talk about whether or not we have a real faith or a fake faith now I could not resist this I have to I have to do this now I've been pastor here over seven years I've only told my favorite joke to my knowledge one time I have to do it again. My wife will be cringing because she's heard it 75,000 times, but I have to tell this. I I couldn't resist it with this story. I just couldn't do it. But there's a story is told of a faith healer that stands up, and he says, now, folks, I know tonight God wants to do some amazing things. And he looks down at the guy on crutches, and he says, son, what's your name? And the guy says, John. And he says, John, I perceive you can't walk. And John says, Right. And he says, John, today God wants to heal you. He said, John, there's a screen up here on stage. I want you to take your crutches. Come on up here and get behind that screen on stage. And John does. And he looks over here and he says, son, what is your name? And the guy has a bad impediment. And he said, but, Bob. And he says, Bob, I perceive you have trouble speaking. And Bob says, yeah. And he says, well, Bob, God wants to heal you tonight. So I want you to come up here, join John over there behind that screen because God wants to heal you tonight. And he goes, uh, and, he be, and he commences. He gets the crowd all worked up. He says, folks, God's going to do something. He starts praying, you know, one of them fancy prayers. God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Jeroboam, Rehoboam, all the Boams. God, I know you want to touch them. I know you want to heal. And the crowd's going crazy. They're cheering. And he says, and he, and he prays through the whole thing. And then he says, folks, you want to see what God has done? He, he looks over at the screen, and he says, John, you throw out your right crutch. And the cr- right crutch goes flying out. And <laughs> the crowd is going nuts. And he says, John, you throw out your left crutch. And the crutch comes flying out, and the crowd's cheering and going crazy. He says, folks, this is amazing. Bob, Bob, I want you to say something. And Bob says, John fell down. (laughs) Now, that is incredibly inappropriate. I know. I told you the junior high sense of humor is going to come out in me. Please know I am not mocking God's healing power. I am mocking frauds. And the sons of Sceva fit that description very well. They are frauds. So I want you to notice a couple things about that we see early in the story about them. One of them is, when you have a fake Christianity, you're going to take the name of Jesus lightly. Remember, they invoked the name of Jesus. Now, you know the commandment, uh, one of the Ten Commandments that tells us that we are not to take the Lord God in vain. Many times we think of that meaning, I should never use the phrase, oh my God. Now, I don't really recommend you use that phrase, but at the same time, I don't know that this commandment is targeting that phrase. This commandment is just taking it lightly, invoking the name, uh, not understanding who it is that you're talking about, not proclaiming what a wonderful name it is and understanding who, who it is. And many times in our world, the name of Jesus, will you agree, is invoked and it is taken lightly. For example, in the dating world, Christian Mingle. Okay, I want to tell you something about that. You can be sure that if you get connected with Christian Mingle, that you will find people who want to mingle. Okay, I cannot guarantee you, you will find Christians, but you will find people who want to mingle, that's for sure. But uh, they put that name on there, it seemed a little bit better. Okay, how about p- politicians, they would never uh, claim the name of Jesus to try to get votes. Of course, that, that'd be just unbelievable. Uh, businesses, you know, sometimes a Christian business, designed to help you. Uh, and uh, again, I'm not saying they're all frauds, I'm saying it can be used as a scheme. It can be used lightly, it can be taken lightly. Churches can be guilty of that exact same thing. Sometimes just using the name of Jesus, uh, trying to appear like something that they are not. So the first thing, if we're looking at fake religion, is we're seeing that the name of Jesus is taken lightly. The second thing is you take the enemy lightly. Um, as much as I hate quoting a Packer, Vince Lombardi uh, used to say that uh, anybody will prepare hard and get ready to play the good teams, but champions learn to prepare well and play their best against the bad teams too, because he knew that when you took the name—I'm sorry—when you took the enemy lightly, you were asking for trouble, and when we do not understand the enemy that we're against. Okay, when we don't see that, when we think we've got this, I can handle this, we're in trouble. One of the best things for me about recent months has been the times when God has brought me to a place of dependence upon Him. I have kind of a weird thing. My my wife knows this well about me. I can worry and fret about things that will never happen. But when bad things actually happen, I do pretty well. I don't know if that makes any sense, if anybody else can connect with that. But you know what I mean? I'll fret and worry and, and, uh, and sin in that way uh, when things aren't even happening bad, but I think they might. But when the bad actually happens, I can pull it together. But the reason for that is when the bad actually happens is that is when I stop and ask God for his strength and his help. That's when I actually recognize my dependence and I cannot make it without him. Yeah, you know, I've enjoyed, a couple times we played it around here, that Reba's, Reba's song that she has right now, Reba and Lauren Daigle, you know, sing about Back to God. But she says, I've got to get down on my knees and beg and plead and pound the floor. And, and, man, I think it is so important that we get that idea, that we understand that we've got to beg and plead and we need God right now. We need God always. And we're in a great position when we realize that we do need God. We are in warfare. And the enemy... Like any enemy, his favorite uh, tactic is divide and conquer, and he's all over that right now. We need God begging and pleading. Let us not take the enemy in our spiritual warfare lightly, because indeed, he is real. All right, so let's figure out. Now, we've got three things that we're going to look at that are what happens in the Christian life when things get real. My, uh, my wife and I we don't text usually a lot during the day, just occasionally, you know. I mean, think about it where it's only the two of us at home. We do get to spend a lot of time together. That is in no way a complaint. Uh, but, uh, but we don't, you know, all day long, I miss you or anything like that. We're not really into that too much. So when she texts, I usually try to pay attention. And uh, she texts me this week. I always try to pay attention. That's what I meant to say. Um, and uh, so she texts me this week, and, and uh, she says, Hey, everybody's out of Diet Dr. Pepper. Now, I thought this is going to be something serious because she texted me. She was very upset that everybody's, apparently, because of the different situations people are going through, beer has been incredibly popular, and aluminum is at a shortage, and, and some of the companies have had to decide what products they are going to put into cans, and apparently Diet Dr. Pepper is not making the cut, and it is not very available, and she was very worked up about this. But it was kind of like, okay, yeah, we got this disease, we got uh, all this other stuff going on in the world, but now we're out of Diet Dr. Pepper, baby, it's getting real. Okay, I want us to take that approach today, not about the diet, Dr. Pepper, but I want us to realize that it is time to get real. Maybe, okay, maybe, again, I'm not playing prophet here, but maybe 2020 is God's call to the church that says it's time to get real. You know, faking our way through the Christian life only lasts us so long it won't last indefinitely. The scripture says in Romans chapter 2 that God will reveal the secret things of the heart. What is in here is going to come out. So maybe we need to really look and say, hey, are we real? The sons of Sceva, they were not. They took a beating. Uh, Let's make sure that they're real. Well, let's look for three signs of the church now uh, that that tell us that things have gotten real. The first thing, his name is exalted. The scripture ESV that I read said that it is extolled. No more the idols, but now his name is exalted. He will be first. When... um, I was in college, I used to ride to work with a guy every day, he had a Chevy Chevette. Yeah, those are the good old days, Chevy Chevette. Do they still make a lot of two-door cars? I, I don't know. I mean, sports cars, yes, but other cars, they used to be pretty common. You'd get a little car, and you'd have this two-door car, and you had to climb, squeeze, even as a young man, to try to get in that back seat it was a major pain. I can just remember I used to ride to work with my friend Mark every day in his Chevy Chevette, until one day he said to me, "Hey, we got another guy to pick up. He's a friend of mine." He said, "You'll have to sit in the back." <laughs> I said, "What? Wait a minute. I, this has been my seat forever. What do you mean I got to crawl in the back? I'm six foot one. Why do I have to? Uh, why do I have to get in the back?" But sure enough, I spent the rest of that uh, semester riding to work in the back of his Chevette. That's that's it was my place. That's where I revol- That's where I belonged. Can I suggest to you that maybe? What, Part of what's going on right now, maybe God is saying, I'm done being in the back seat. (laughs) Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe he's just saying, hey, I mean, when something real takes place, he is lifted up and exalted. He is not given our spare time. He becomes number one. The first thing that happened here when things got real is his name was exalted. A second thing that happens, if you go back and read there, this word is very plain there. They began to confess. Now, I'm not saying that they began to confess uh, because they got caught. That is typically what we find today. People will confess, at least partly, when they get caught. But this was a situation where the Holy Spirit of God was speaking, and people began to pray like David prayed in Psalm 51 and said, God, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in me, the right kind of spirit, not this rebellion which is sin. God, would you clean me up? Uh, many folks have gone to posting a, a verse that you might be familiar with. It's called God's Prescription for Revival, Second Chronicles 7, 14. It says this, If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. Let me stop there. Listen to a couple parts of that. They'll humble themselves and pray if they'll turn from their wicked ways. Let me go back to the first few words, If my people. I am very sure when I say this that the Bible teaches quite plainly that God is most concerned with the behavior of his people. When you talk about God's judgment on a nation, you see this throughout the Bible, that God is concerned with the behavior of his people. And could it be that more than anything right now, what we need to do is take a good look in the mirror. See, here's what's happening right now. I got so many people misbehaving, it is real easy for me to point the finger at them. There you go. There's their problem. Look at that sin. There it is, like that. And when I get doing that, I've lost focus on right here. And God wants me to be in a place of humility. God wants me to confess. And when my Christianity gets real, sin, I'm unhappy in my life, okay, or I ain't happy with sin in my life, so I am confessing. So you got it. When there's real going on, the God, the name of God is lifted up, and. There is confession. The third thing that takes place is change happens. Priorities change. Remember we said these people brought their little books of witchcraft together? Millions of dollars in today's money worth that they're throwing in there. Now, all of a sudden, this desire that they have is not for that anymore. Not to see how much money I can get. You know, that, that's no big deal. What I want is to know God. God. What I want is to know about God. What I want is to know His Word. What I want is to do right. Desires change. Could it be again that Christianity just sometimes gets a little too easy? Could it be it's half-hearted on most people's part? Could it be it's when we can squeeze Him in? We have enough time for God if we can squeeze Him in. Listen, just speaking very frankly, to you, there is no description of following Christ half-hearted in the Bible. Okay? That, that's, that's not what he called for. You know, I talked about that, him being exalted, him being in the driver's seat, him being in control. That's really the only option. It's not like, hey, what level would I like to commit to Christ? How much of my life would I like to surrender him? But that's the games we play a lot of times. When it gets real, that goes out the window. When it gets real, our lives genuinely change when it gets real. You might wonder, um, you know, in the time period that we're in right now, 2020, everything going on, you know, how the church is going to survive. Seriously, I've talked to pastors who... Uh, talk to, actually, two hours ago, I was in McAllister's talking to somebody, and, and uh, you know, he was just explaining the different things that people in his church have been upset about and fighting about. <laughs> I have to share with you. One thing he told me is great. He said, one person said they were mad and wouldn't come to this church here anymore if you're not going to pass the offering plate. You know, right now there's an offering box in the back because of the COVID. This person was mad because they're not passing the plate. And I kind of like that attitude. Yeah, pass them. Uh, but at the same time, it, it's, it's almost comical, and yet it is also tragic. And we're worried a little bit maybe about the church. Let me re- tell you, rest assured, that the church of Jesus Christ will survive. <laughs> uh, Jesus said he's going to build it. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. The church will survive. Now, every local church, every individual church, I'll be honest with you, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly how well everything will do. But the important thing and the question that I'd like you to look at today is, how is your faith surviving? Okay? Because difficult times test, is it real or is it fake? The sons of Sceva, fake. Okay? Do we have something that is real do you have something that is real that real faith comes in a place when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior but let me say this sometimes I say believe on Jesus yes believe on Jesus that is true but I want to make sure we get this know this that the devils believed in Jesus they they believed he was God they knew who he was Okay, that didn't make them saved. That didn't make them right with God. That didn't uh, give them an eternal home in heaven uh, and forgiveness of sin. And that's why the the message you often hear is repent and believe because part of my believing is believing in him as Savior. That means I need a Savior. I need forgiveness of sin. I don't know where church attendance will be when things settle down. Uh, I don't know. And again, I'm not, I'm not trying to be you know, prophet of doom or share bad things. But you know, people are saying right now, churches are fortunate if they have half their crowd back. And uh, you know, some. And we, we don't know exactly where things wind up. I don't know exactly what happened. I do think maybe, maybe, maybe there's been some purging going on in the church. That maybe that's what God is doing. But I would encourage you to check and say at this point, hey, is my faith real? Let us take a look in the mirror and say, do I have something? that goes beyond just invoking the name of Jesus, just using his name, just calling myself a Christian or a Christ follower or anything like that. Have I faith, placed my faith and trust in him to be my one and only Savior, believing that he died on the cross of Calvary for my sin, shed his blood for me uh, endured the penalty for my sin and said come to me and believe trust in me that I could give you eternal life father I would pray even today that your spirit would examine hearts in a way that uh, my words don't have a prayer doing (laughs) so Lord I pray that your spirit would do that examine us this day Lord Uh, help us to discern or More than that, Lord, I pray you would discern. You would shine that light. You would cut into us and show us where things are fake and show us where things are real. Lord, produce in your church what you did here in Acts chapter 19, a spirit of confession, a place where you are lifted up, where you are exalted, and real, genuine change in the lives of your people. Father, we ask you to do this this day, I pray in your name. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email, info at or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.